Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. Michael Neuenschwander, he is a regular contributor on this program, a recurring guest. We have him on often because, frankly, we love what he does. Uh, his company is called Outlook Wealth, and uh, they are uh, wealth advisors. Their website is outlookwealth.com. Michael, always love having you on the program. Uh, I love the fact that you take a holistic approach I love the fact that you are really uh, where the rubber meets the road uh, approach. Um, I have great guests on, as you know, many New York Times bestselling authors, some of, uh, of the most brilliant minds in business, billionaires, um, Fortune 500 CEOs, you name it. Uh, but a lot of these guys are almost like in their equivalent of an ivory tower. You know, and it's great. I love their thoughts. I love their insights. Um, David Rubenstein, uh, who's going to one of the, you know, he's very good in the investment front. He's going to be on the show mm -hmm. for the sixth time uh, next week, and so all that's great. But you know, there's there's this perspective that people like you, who are high end wealth managers, who t bring this holistic view to the conversation that I think is absolutely crucial. And we always get positive feedback whenever you're, you're on because you're very real world, real world in perspective. And so just recently, of course, the Fed did it again, raised interest rates. Uh, I think, uh, you know, of course the markets were initially elated, but then the reality kind of sunk in that, uh, you know, what is the game plan? Where are we going with this? And I thought, who else but to ask but you? Oh, well, always happy to be on on the show, Kevin. I appreciate it, and uh, obviously in great uh, great company there as well. And uh, and you kind of hit it hit, hit it on the head in one sense. You know where where are we going? You know what's going on? And uh, and obviously the Fed. You know if we as much as we may not like higher interest rates. Uh, you know if for people that are borrowing or you know paying paying down debt. You know trying to get a mortgage. You know on the other hand, higher interest rates. You know help things on the uh, the bonds, the savers. You know the savings accounts, but I said, where are we going? You know, that's that's the big question on most people's mind. And um, and frankly, we've got a scenario where you know the Fed is doing their part to raise rates, basically bring down you know try to bring down inflation by bringing down demand. Um, but as we talked about before, you know the government's not doing their part. You know, normally you're supposed to have those two work together to bring inflation under control. But uh, the last couple of months, obviously, the government's passed in, in effect, in effect, you know, two stimulus bills between the, uh, the the Inflation Reduction Act, which as we went through before, you know, had nothing to do with inflation and was really just a spending bill, and then uh, and then the, the uh, cancellation of student debt, which is effectively another you know five hundred to seven hundred billion dollars of stimulus, you know, pumped into the economy. So. You you sort of wonder why inflation's not going down. Well, there's there's your answer. <laughs> you got the, the yeah, two biggest yeah, things yeah. working Ultimately, against each other. that's what happens with spending. Yeah, spending just leads to more borrowing, which leads to because you know, let's face it, we got a twenty trillion, twenty two trillion, twenty two trillion dollar debt. They didn't have any revenue to back up that spending, so they bought more. Hmm, but what's that going to do? Well, that's inflationary. That's what that is. Uh, that, that, that's pumping more money into money, money supply. If they, if they literally print money, which they often sometimes do to cover it, I mean, it, it's like the drunken sailor, you know. What's the old proverb? Spending spends like a drunken sailor, but at least a drunken, drunken sailor spends his own money. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and obviously, uh, you know, that's not what the government does. They're spending ours. So, you know, if yeah. we look and say that's that's kind of the mess we're in, or say, you know, why is the Fed being so aggressive, you know, on raising interest rates? You know, that's part of it. I think they see what the government's doing, and basically, they're not not doing the Fed any favors. So, the Fed's having to be pretty aggressive on raising rates. And the other side of it, too, which you know, you don't have to read between the lines very much anymore, but you know, when, when the chairman comes out and says there's probably going to be some pain you know, associated with raising rates, the, the, the short definition of that, they're going to send us into a recession, period. You know, they, they don't care about the economy until they get rates under control. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if we look at that, we're going to have to expect in, in uh, expect unemployment to creep up a little bit. You know, expect uh, expect the economy to slow down. There's going to be some layoffs. And so, I I thought a couple of things to touch on today. Maybe uh, you know, may, uh, on the personal level, how do people make sure they they sort of have their house in order or uh, or prepare for what uh, for likely what's coming. Yeah, and before we do that, I do want to make a quick comment. I've heard it said before, and I think it's a really good analogy, that uh, the way the Fed tames inflation is very similar to how doctors fight cancer uh, with chemotherapy. And uh, you literally have this approach of, of trying to use poison to kill parts of the economy in order to get things under control, to get prices under control. And so in some ways, recession is part of that strategy. Now, you know, they'd love to get away with it without recession, but the tactics they take make it hard to get away with without it. Yeah, well, and that, and that's a perfect analogy because if you look at chemotherapy, well, I guess it's gotten better and more tailored, and in essence, you're you're having to put that into your whole body, you know, to eradicate the problem areas. And uh, well, the Fed's raising rates across the board; it's going to affect the entire economy, even if all they were really trying to do was tame inflation. You know, there's always this the uh, what do they call the uh, side effects and uh, and interactions, you know, of any of any treatment. Yep. All right. With that, give a, give us some practical advice and some, some uh, uh, marching orders, if you will. Yeah. So a, a couple of them, if we look across, across the personal front, you know, so some we could say are, are are fairly basic. Some maybe other things that people don't necessarily think think about. But you know, as it looks like, you know, we're we're sort of heading that direction. You know, one of the big things for people that are working, but even more so people that are that are retired or don't have that steady income coming in, is really getting a handle on on expenses. You know, where's where's the money going? And do you really have that that emergency fund, you know, built up? So for for a lot of our clients where they're taking regular distributions if they're retired, say let's Let's go back and say, do you really have a plan? You know, in our vernacular, we'd call it a written income plan. But, you know, a, a plan to say, here's exactly where your income is coming from over, say, the next six to nine months. You know, so you're not in a position of having to uh, sell off things, you know, at, at potentially low prices to uh, just to come up with the money you need. And so same applies for, for those of us that are uh, that are still working, you know, what kind of emergency money and cash do you have on hand? And if you're not quite there yet, well, then maybe you make that a point over the next few months to say, let's let's build up some extra cash, even if that means trimming back some expenses a little to do it. Mm-hmm. Very good. 
So, and, and one of the things you were mentioning during the break is, you know, what is your position with where you work? What can you yep. do to improve that? Yep. So while we've gone through, you know, what they called, you know, the, the great resignation earlier just after just after the pandemic and everybody you know, wanted to continue to work at home and definitely, you know, employees were in the driver's seat in terms of uh, plenty, plentiful jobs and, and moving around um, to get a get a pay, higher pay raise or so, uh, that's beginning to shift, you know, as well. So you need to think of it the other way is what are you doing to keep your skills up um, if it did come to to either a layoff or a job change or if you really like your job, you know, what are you, what are you doing to make yourself, you know, not to sound bad, what are you doing to make yourself more valuable than the, than the, the gal or girl next to you? So that if the yeah. if the company is having to make some decisions on on downsizing a little bit, uh, put yourself in the best position to still be there. Yeah, the great resignation has become the great regret nation. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a whole lot of wow. What was I thinking? Uh, because uh, you know everything has changed rather quickly, and of course, uh, in spite of the fact that government spends so prolifically uh, on social spending, they are being forced to wean off. A lot of these programs have ended. They all have a limited uh, shelf life and uh, they're beginning to end. Um, and so it, it's interesting to see how this dynamic works. I, I, and I think this advice is so practical. I think everyone should do an inventory of where they are, what they bring, what they can do to bring more, and, and to be the best employee that they can uh, possibly be. What kind of questions are your clients asking right now? Well, the the big ones we we get, you know, of course, you know, where where nobody has the exact crystal ball, but from a market perspective, you know, when when do we get to the bottom of this? You know, I think we all know in the in the long run, the market tends to be a great you know vehicle for for building wealth in the long run, but in the short run, you know, we got times like this where the market can be down twenty twenty five percent or more, you know, during a recession, and so. A lot of it, you know, while it's easy for me to say as a financial advisor, you know, now, but it says a, a lot of this comes back to some of the basic planning of, of taking stock of how much risk you're taking. You know, what, what kind of investment vehicles are you using? Are you, you know, safe accounts? Are you using index funds, individual stock? Do you have hedges or buffers on, on any of those things? Um, but when you're already in the midst of it, you know, so to speak, the best thing most people should do now is really look at look at what they own. We'll go back and look and say how did it really behave in the last real recession? Because while it's while it's scary to think about, you know, as of today, you know, market's down about twenty four percent, you know, year to date. But the last two recessions we've had, it's actually been down, you know, top to bottom. It's been about down about forty five percent. And so. I can't say we have another 20% to go. I mean, I'd, I'd be hopeful to say we're near the bottom, but, but you know, historically, there, there may be some more pain to be felt, you know, before things really turn around. And so uh, gauging how much risk you're comfortable with and, and try not to get caught up with the idea it was X amount, you know, back in January. So let's look at where you are now and does the stuff you own still fit with, with where you want to be going. Where do you want to be going? And I like that, and I'm really grateful you didn't say it was going to go till 40 or 45. 
<laughs> I didn't want to hear that. So, yeah, absolutely. We need a lot of sobriety right here in our thinking around money. That is for sure. Do you want to remind people that the richest people that they uh, are aware of who made their fortunes on Wall Street looked at environments like this as sales, you know, sales for them to buy, not sales to get rid of stock. And so, you know, you know, the people will make money in every single economy. The question is, is that, that do you know how to do that? Well, well listen, and, and, and that goes back to one of Warren Buffett's most famous quotes, is you'll be, uh, be, be uh, fearful when others are greedy. When the market's at its highs, maybe you should, you should be uh, taking some off the table, but then the opposite. You'll be greedy when people are fearful. And so yeah. ultimately this will lead to a great buying opportunity. And so what people have, uh, you know, what people want the crystal ball answer, which, which, you know, nobody, my, including myself has an exact answer is to say, when, when we hit the bottom, when can we put the accelerator back down and begin buying back into things? And that, that time will come, but, but uh, the saying around our office and our company is, you know, the, the crystal ball, if you're asking over the next couple of months, is always a little cloudy. You know, if we're, if we're looking yeah. out over, over a few years, we'll be able to say, yeah, this is a good time to be, uh, you know, not to necessarily, you know, be too fearful and pull back, but actually a good time to be buying good quality investments, you know, on sale, um, which actually sort of ties into one other strategy when we talk about, you know, holistic planning is it says, um, are you also doing things on the tax end, you know, to save, save money on taxes and take advantage of that, you know, without, without getting too deep in the weeds, but, you know, things such as tax harvesting and non-retirement accounts, simply understanding tax opportunities on your tax return. Cause the other way to improve your finances don't have to give quite as much to the IRS. You know, that, that keeps money in oh, your pocket boy. as yeah. well. Yeah, if you're, so, if you're weighing, um, you know, uh, making sure you're straight with the IRS or putting more into your retirement account, always put priority for the IRS because they do. <laughs> and yeah, they've got power that uh, no other bill collector has. So keep that in mind. Michael, as always, love having you on. And I do want to mention the website again, outlookwealth.com. And uh, again, this is really rubber, rubber meets the road. We see these horrific headlines and we get deer in the headlight moments, but uh, you bring it down to a very practical level. Thanks as always. Well, thank you, Kevin. I enjoyed it. I'm Kevin Price. This is the Price of Business. It is a show that never ends. So you can learn more as we add content 24-7 at Price of Business dot com.